so uh, I got sent to the principal's office today. Ooh, did you win a medal or something? Ooh. Not exactly. I used inappropriate language in English class, although we're reading a book that I deem wildly inappropriate for our age group, so I actually felt it was quite apropos. What did you say? Let's just say it was an inappropriate word. Well, what did it start with? A snide comment from a snotty girl in my class. No, I mean, what letter did the word start with? Ah, uh, a T. Oh, oh, a T. 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 Let us think. T. 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 Guys. Okay, noun, adjective, or verb? Noun. It's definitely slang, so think British. Tallywhacker? Termigate. Yob. Frass. Uh, you're, you're just saying N- sounds. Those are, those are sounds. Spell it with your P's. Ooh, yes. Spell it with your P's. Do it. Ah, I will take that challenge. I like that. All right. So, um, does this have anything to do with the rumor that you mentioned the other night? Do you need to talk to us about something, sweetie? Uh, what's a twit? <laughs> That's an A, hun. Uh, it's a word that will get you sent to the principal's office. Yeah, and it's a bad word. Sit down. Apropos. 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 Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Best day we wore here. That's bright. Everybody on? Good. Great. Great. Wonderful. Hey, shut your freaking gobs. Because this is Facing Off. This is a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar in some way. And we compare, contrast, and rate them. Today we're doing Easy A and Juno. Ooh, ah. Uh, my name is Gabe, and joined with Silencio, me as old man. <laughs> yeah. My name is Nick. I am your co-host. What's up, Nick? And we're joined by our favorite uh, Scarlet Letter wearing uh, friend, uh, oh. Layla. Layla, you've been what, up what to is no that good. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Layla, what's up? Welcome back. Hi guys, glad been, to be back. So Excited long. about this episode. I know it's been a while. It's been it a has whole been a while. episode. I, I really like when Layla's here for a couple reasons. One, mm-hmm. uh, you're great to talk to movies about. Two, oh, I have to shucks. do marginally less work when you're here. <laughs> yeah, and that is something that appeals greatly to me. I do the same amount of work. <laughs> yeah, you do when you're here. <laughs> But I appreciate having you on here so there's not just nonstop, like, only, like, texting, you know? So it's great to have you on to actually converse about these movies. Oh, you even mean if between you and me. Okay. The podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I still text everyone nonstop <laughs> every day while we'll I have conversations. Everyone all the time. And to answer your recent Instagram that you sent over... Uh, Mads Mickelson being casted as Grindelwald instead of bitch-ass Johnny Depp um, <laughs> is normally cool. I would rather they just throw out that series. I just don't think it's working. Why doesn't he just? Why doesn't he just revert back to Colin Farrell? Oh, that would be cool too. 
or just throw out that series because I don't think it's really working. But Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is pretty great, but I I'm also think people, like they though, could just throw that, out that like, series because it's not. Really I'm one of those people though that will totally take anything that they give you. Like that's how yeah. I felt about the Hobbit movies, which were complete Oof. and utter shit. They were. They were up. Yeah, I'm they not going to argue yeah. that they were good by any means, but I'm definitely that person who adores a world so much that I'll just take anything that makes yeah, me feel like. And I'm I hope in the world. next one, J.K. Rowling really gets a chance to like fully explain um, her opinions about uh, trans. <laughs> I didn't know where I you think were going the world with that. needs to hear that in Harry Potter form. I um, don't think you're right. I don't think I'm right out either. Hey, quick shout out, unless you guys have some other shout outs. Hey, shout out to everyone who voted. Uh, you did, oh, you did yeah. your yeah. job. That's great. I won't shout out anything else because we don't take any political side here, but uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone who voted. Everyone knows who we, who we support. <laughs> yeah. The star at the top of my Christmas tree. Would, yeah, it says would, otherwise. Would disagree with you. He gave a nice wink with his aviator glasses. Oh, Ooh. look at you. Cryptic. Uh, do you have a shout out, Layla? Uh, just all my buddies watching. I've got so many friends who support this podcast. Um, hey, thanks for watching. What are they out of you watching? All. Thanks for watching uh, the picture of Nick and I. Did I just as, say watch? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did I just say what? Are they here right now? We're watching. <laughs> We're watching closely. Uh, All right, synopses. Yeah. Easy A. These are two movies about um, what's the common thread? Social Teenage? outcasts that are like in quotes promiscuous in some way or irresponsible about sexual decisions, even though not necessarily. True I mean, with women Easy who a. are ostracized for losing their virginity. Yeah, cool lead oh, and cool lead high school girls that are kind of like Co- outcasts in general that don't really care about what other people think about them, but handle their trauma with comedy. Yeah, yeah. and they're just like offbeat teen comedies. Like if you if you look up any list of like offbeat teen comedies these will both be on the list traumedies wow easy a wow is easy a is a story of olive a high school senior and a virgin who (laughs) after absent-mindedly lying to her best friend about banging a dude realizes that news travels fast in high school duh and if you have sex pretty soon everyone thinks you are down to have sex with them a fact that olive mute my computer so i stopped you don't need to updates. reference it. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't have to say everything that you're doing? No. Looks back at computer. <laughs> a fact that Olive contemplates briefly before using her newfound pseudo-sluttiness to improve the lives of socially underwhelming dudes that want to lie about banging her. Her reputation grows despite her continued virginity, and so she fully embraces her new image, much to the chagrin of the school's token religious fanatic, Amanda Bynes. Oh, yeah. Who watched this movie and said... I am not good at acting, and I will now quit. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we can talk about that later. That's exactly what she said to her own face. Looks back at computer to read next synopsis. (laughs) Juno is the story of Juno McGuff, a teenager made pregante by her bandmate slash sort of boyfriend. After briefly considering terminating her young prego Nancy, she decides to put the baby up for adoption, meets a nice couple, and decides to give them her baby once she pops the little dude out. We find our nice couple to be not so uh, on, on not so nice ground eventually, and the nice husband leaves the nice wife, while Juno secretly decides to continue her agreement and give the prospective new baby to uh, the mother. New mother, the baby. I wrote that weird. Juno mm-hmm. gives birth and finds love with her baby's daddy and also Jennifer Gardner's baby's daddy. Yeah, she found love in a uh, 
what is, what's hopeless the end place? of that line? Hopeless place. I I was gonna <laughs> and, go with homeless, uh, what, and I was like, that's not the line. That's what everyone what, says. Whatever they call uh, uh, Planned Parenthood in this movie. Oh, women, women, women now. now. Yeah, women now. now. So There's a good joke about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, great synopses. Uh, excited to talk about these two movies. I remember high school so well, and these movies were so realistic to my high school experience, so I'm very excited. I'm kidding. I'm, I am so not going to lie and say that I had the female experience that uh, these two had in their high school, but I do think that... You didn't were. get pregnant? No. I, unfortunately, no. Do you guys I, not I know I where I got those fake words for pregnant? No, you, I, yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like my favorite internet video ever. It's pretty good. Pregonate, pregonate, pregnancy. So uh, yeah, uh, let's get into these, right? Yeah, Duh. right. Um, we are going to break them down based on five categories. We're actually using our normal categories, even though they're both comedies. You, I guess you could bring in the hilarity aspect of spectacularity. Yeah. Um, we're going to do spec, or we're going to do actoring. Let's start out with that. Uh, spectacularity, uh, originality, eye candy, and legacy. We use a one to seven scale, one being lowest, seven being highest, four being average, neutral, middleest, in between, blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's start with actoring. Uh, let's do easy A. Why don't you start us off, uh, Layla? Mm. Okay. Um, I gave you explain easy what a. actoring means, too. Isn't it self-explanatory? No, because it's a made-up word. That's what I think, but he no, insists but, no, on doing but, it every time. <laughs> well, okay, I actually don't think it's self-explanatory because some people that come onto the pod will say, oh, yeah, for acting, I thought it was this. I'm and it's, it's Unplug actoring. your microphone. Actoring is where we also take into account like the writing and the directing and like how that yeah, helps sure. the performances. How Not they're necessarily aided the just the acting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead okay. now. Uh, I gave it a six. Um, I think I enjoy every performance in this movie. I thought about it really hard. I don't think there is a single performance that I didn't like. Uh, despite what Amanda Bynes thinks about herself, I think she's kind of gold in this, and I enjoy the crap out yeah, of her I don't in this quite movie. Understand where she was coming from with that? Yeah, has she seen she's the man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Point. Yeah, I I love Amanda Bynes in this. I love. I think. The the reason I feel that way is because when I think about if I could find another person to like replace any of these characters, I don't even want to think about replacing any of them with a different actor. I think I'll talk about this more throughout the whole podcast, but I think the writing of this movie is just impeccable. And I think it's great comedic timing and great comedy and it's heartwarming and charming and brilliant. And the the writing really aids all of these actors to create great moments, really simple, but lovely moments. And I think everyone did really well with what they were given. I don't think it's like perfection. I don't think it's the greatest performances of all time, but I really had very little qualms. So I gave it a six. Sure. Hmm. What, about, uh, what about you, Nick? Our rating system is flawed. I had the same <laughs> thoughts, but I gave it a four because I also don't think anyone's like great. Um, I, I really don't understand what Amanda Bynes was thinking, but she has said in an interview that this was the movie she watched Dude, and was like, I'm going to quit acting. like probably right around the time she started like her like mental issues. Yeah. Maybe like she was out, just so. really, really tripping out. Cause she's really not that bad. I don't think anyone is bad really, except Lisa Kudrow. Who I want to make a oh, point here. I thought she was great. I don't believe anything she's selling. She's always just like, Oh, Oh no. The problem. 
oh, the problem I had is bad. Oh, oh, shoot, no. She just sounds like a super annoying, selfish person to me, and that's exactly who she's supposed to be. So, she, like, yeah, it I just agree with that. Feels I annoying. I just don't buy. I don't buy anything. Lisa, Lisa, uh, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow Lisa. Is <laughs> ever selling, except for Phoebe, because I just feel like she's always a like a she's always just Ursula from Friends. Yeah, she's like yeah. bad I, Phoebe in everything she does. That's all. Just wanted to make that point. <laughs> you you reminded me of something I didn't say though when it comes to like no one has an incredible or whatever. I I should acknowledge the fact that this movie launched Emma Stone as a powerhouse yeah. or female it, like, lead in Hollywood. cemented her as like a star well, instead of just like a side character. Exactly. Like it yeah. created a persona for her in Hollywood to take on lead female roles and to also carry a film on her own independently. Because there's a lot of great side roles in this movie, but like she she makes it. Without her, I don't think this movie would have been as astronomically awesome as it was. Um, so, so I'm actually glad you just said that. That is, I was actually at a, Three, um, oh I my think, god! And and this is why I wanted to highlight the fact that it this is where we talk about the writing and directing. I think that a lot of the dialogue in this movie is some of the most unbelievable high school dialogue I've ever heard in a movie. Um, I think um, the vocabulary that they use is just like not realistic. I get it with Emma Stone because she's really really smart. I just I don't I don't get it with the other ones. Um, I, I, there's like a, there's a couple scenes, like some of the side performances I think are actually really bad. Um, like the, all the guys that are like asking for something from her uh, with, with the exception of Brendan, who I, I'm going to talk about is great. Um, I think the overweight kid is like really bad at acting. Uh, <laughs> oh he God. has a part no. where he literally, he's like, I'm just a fat piece of shit. Like, I'm just like, he wouldn't fucking say that in that, in that, uh, scenario. So I, I don't know. I don't but, know. I remember dudes that age being unbelievably dumb and awkward and saying unbelievably inappropriate and awkward things like that. So that's the type of men I remember in high school. Sure. Maybe they would say it, but it, the way that it was said in the movie just didn't seem realistic. And there was something off. And I, and I a lot of times I blame directing on that. I will say, like start. I'm going to move it up to a four because I want to start with the good with this. Emma Stone is great in this. She carries the movie. Without her, this movie is not is just like a you know like a TV movie or something. Like it, it, it's not great. And I think that like she got nominated for a Golden Globe and she definitely deserved it for her performance. She was great. I think her and Amanda Bynes are actually really funny together. I think the whole like stapler scene and the pencil sharpening scene so good. is like both of them are so funny in that. I mean, we can't um, forget the parents either. I and mean, then like, I some... I was just about to say that yeah. like. The parents are my favorite movie parents ever, Tucci and I had forgotten about it. Bar none. Because Bar none. I'm, I'm fully on the Tucci gang, Tucci uh, gang. Uh, <laughs> party. Uh, gang. But I also, like, it's them and, like, Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow and Booksmart, which are very similar type of parents. These are, it, like, they're just so funny. I also think Thomas Hayden Church is really good in this movie as the, like, her teacher. Um, I love the part when he comes up. He's like, what are you doing? In the cafeteria, and then he goes, <laughs> "Don't forget tomorrow's Earth Day," and then just walks away, <laughs> fully serious. Um, I also kind of wondered why Dan Bird didn't end up being like a famous person. Like, I know he was in Cougar Town for all the seasons of that, but the guy who played Brendan, I think, is really funny in this. And I kind of was bummed yeah, that they really didn't great. write more of his character into the movie because he just disappears later, and they just say like, 
he's like, he ran off with a big, like, black guy. And then that was, like, kind of the explanation of him being gone. Like in Huckleberry but, Finn. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like fun. a running joke in the but film. It, so I love when he's like, uh, I'm drunk, bitches, what's up? <laughs> uh, he's just really funny in that scene. It's just so ridiculous. I just, like, they're, like some of the other people just didn't work for me at all. Like, I, I like Penn Bagley, but, like, he doesn't fit Badgley. this movie. Badgley, he's like too old for this fucking role okay i don't agree with that at all because okay i've never ever seen someone look that much like a man at as a junior in high school i mean uh, but that's that seems like just such a ridiculous thing to be pissed about because literally every person everyone gabe like why oh yes 100 why am i not this is so ridiculous every time we do this podcast like I'm a lot like we're supposed to be critical of these things. I'm going to break them down in oh, a no, critical no. way. Oh no, no, I'm just I'm going to but I'm also going to fight you back. It's just every single every single teenage film and teenage TV show has old ass people cast sure. as young people. If you want to make that critique, you have to make it of every single teenage content ever made. Definitely. I just said to Nick actually yesterday I'd rewatch Spider-Man and Joe Manganiello or whatever his name is, it plays Flash in that and he's at least 35 years old looking in that movie and it's ridiculous and i'm always going to make that point when i see it pen badgley like really stands out to me the other thing is he's actually he was only like 24 when this movie came he just looks really old he's only like a year and a half older than emma stone and it's i guess it's kind of his you know his character is really lovely i just i don't believe him as a high school person like especially as like a maturity at that age like it just doesn't work for me i also think the girl that plays rianne is like really bad like annoying and bad and not believable Yeah, she's not but she's not in the whole movie so it's fine so i'm gonna give it an average score out of four to be honest fair enough yeah what about juno uh, I gave Juno a, I, I like teetered between like a three and four. I, gave, I think I'll give it a four. I think it was fine. I thought oh, it was good. Interesting. <laughs> You're going to go the opposite direction. Yeah, I think I, we're going to be opposite four. on this. Um, I, I'll give, I'm, I mean, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, J.K. Simmons and Allison Janney are fucking incredible. Um. Mm-hmm. I I think everyone in this movie does a good job. I don't have a lot of huge critiques necessarily. I just don't think anyone did anything insanely remarkable. And I think part of that for me is because the writing doesn't quite hit as well for me as it does with Easy A. And like maybe that's just a personal bias take, but I I think it's entertaining. I think they're good. I just don't think anyone is like above and beyond. So I gave it a four. Hmm. I gave it a five because I think Jason Bateman, Ellen Page, Michael Sarah, J.K. Simmons, and Allison Janney, and Jennifer Garner. Jennifer did I, Garner did I say so Jennifer good. Garner? No. They all kind of kill Garner's it. really good in this movie. Yeah, there's I a lot of Jason really Bateman, good... Jason like, Bateman kills it. I think he just does fine. Yeah, he does I, his role I think that's really my well. bias. I just really like Jason Bateman. Yeah. I'll buy anything he's selling. I love Jason. I just but don't it's think the this thing is like that you were talking about, Layla. Like, if it fits, like you fit the role really well, it really, it, it really can work. Like, there's just a Jason lot of Bateman, really good like, covers the, that role. Yeah, there's really a well. lot of really good acting in the absence of dialogue, and the reason that, sort of, I guess, ironically, the reason that it's not any higher than a five is because I don't like the dialogue much in Juno. It's just like, shut up. Well, that's kind I get of part it. of my reason too. Like, I don't. I don't necessarily love the the writing an insane amount, and I don't 
Like, I know that they did everything they could with the writing. I think Ellen Page did an incredible job with the writing that she was given. And I I think I just find her freaking annoying. (laughs) That's that line. We were just talking about this. Rain Rain Wilson has a line, because Gabe and I watched this yesterday. Rain Wilson has a line. The Etch-A-Sketch line. He's like, this is one. He he has kind of just a ridiculous I guess his whole thing. It just, like, why did you... But it's such a weird, bold... Like like step to have written the movie the way that they did with all of these like stupid things that they say that just don't so aren't like things that people say ever and I think the Rain Wilson scene is just the worst example I I agree with that and we and Nick and I talked about this as we watched the movie it, it's but when it came out I remember that dialogue being a highlight like people walked out of the movie and were like the way that they talked was so interesting and weird and goofy. I think it hasn't aged that well over time. Yeah. But I mean, we'll, I guess we could talk about it later, but like this won best screenplay at the Oscars. Like this was, but I think some of that is more of the story than it is the dialogue. But I do know that the dialogue really stood out at the time. I think it definitely like hurts Ellen Page. Like sometimes it just feels like she's forcing this cool character a little bit yeah. too much mm-hmm. where that didn't work. And I definitely don't think she should have been nominated for an Oscar. I thought that was just absurd at the time, too. Even though she's she's fine in the role. It's just like Oscar-worthy. It's crazy. It's just not but, remarkable. It's just not remarkable. It's so Yeah, sorry. I would it's say not. a lot of the other characters, though, are like just very real. Like I felt like this movie, a lot of the side performances were just real people, or at least the way that they delivered these other lines. Not her absurd lines. But they just felt really real. No, so I, I think- feel I feel that way about a lot of this. That's what I was saying about like J.K. Simmons and Alice and Janney. I do yeah. feel that way about them. And I think that they absolutely killed what they were given. Like he is just the perfect, perfect dad in this scenario. For, I remember like, it being like on. after Spider I was like, oh, that's the guy from Spider-Man. He's like so funny in Spider-Man. It was just like such a real performance by him in this. It was really good. Uh, Allison Janney is Jennifer great. Garner too. Jennifer, Jennifer Garner is incredible in this. I think I like I honestly mean, like so yeah. perfectly casted for that role. As I um, was watching it, there were multiple moments where I was commenting on just how unbelievably earnestly genuine her affection for this child and wanting this child is. Like you can yeah. feel how badly she wants a kid. I almost looked up at the time when I was watching it if she was if she had a kid or not at that point because I was just like. Uh, was this yeah, a genuine, was this like yeah. method acting? Like, I just really want a kid right now because it did felt she, did so Did she have real. a little Affleck at home? A little That's what I didn't, Affleck? I haven't looked it up, but I did think no. about looking well, it up because I was like, this I just felt But even with that, like, real. this is part of why I'm going to give it a five. I, I don't think anything is spectacular like you said, Layla, but I do think it's above average. And a lot of that comes down to... Uh, character writing and i think the writing the characters are so believable for the most part and the dialogue really works for the other characters so well that you just like i have to give it more credit for that because i think it's above average in in how it writes these people um but i i also like i like the side performances too i think her friend is is really funny the like oh i love woody allen movies (laughs) nick and i laughed hard at that i think um the part with Sue Chin is hilarious. That girl is like, oh, babies yeah, want to get really born. really good dialogue. Um, no, it's just funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny, though, because I'm going to probably give all of what you're saying more credit in a different category That's, than that this works, one. That works. Usually that happens. Because it's, it's a lot of what you're talking about has so, has so much to do with um, Diablo Cody's 
like original writing because she yeah. based all of this off of her life. And yeah. mm. that's where I, I'm going to give that a lot of credit later on. So sure. if we're speaking to that, like, I don't, I just think that ties more into her and her like vision that she created as opposed to the actoring, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's uh, save that thought and uh, let's move on to our next category. Let's talk about spectacularity. Uh, this is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie, uh, whether you were like thoroughly entertained or you were distracted or had like a long run time or something. Um, since these are like kind of comedies, you know, I guess Juno's a little bit more drama um, at, at times that it, you could uh, account for, you know, like how funny the movie is or how well balanced the comedy is. Let's stick with uh, Juno since we were already talking about it. Um I'll go. I, I mean, I, I think it's fu- I, I don't think Juno's like super like laugh out loud funny, although Nick and I did laugh a few times and it kind of helped to watch uh, together. I think it's <laughs> my like mom, my mom uses color safe bleach is such a good dude. That was, I mean, everything with I, I love Michael Sarah. I will laugh at anything that guy says. Um, but I, I just feel like the movie is really enjoyable to watch. It's, it's my type of like indie comedy taste that like helps. Um, I think the way that they talk is such a specific type of humor where it doesn't really work sometimes, but it does like, it is interesting enough because it's just so different. Um, rewatching it, I, I will say like, it does feel a little forced and I, I think it's a good screenplay, but it just needed to be, I think what was written into the screenplay was really good, but I think sometimes you have to adjust that when you hear it out loud. Like once the actors started saying the lines, you should have been like, ah, that doesn't that worked better on the page than it worked in person and i think that kind of took me out a little bit but i do think it's like a well crafted and engaging story uh it's pretty quick i uh i kind of wish that more of the movie was about her relationship with bleaker sometimes it felt like yeah, it just came out of yeah. nowhere and it Completely got abandoned agree. um i uh i i also just i i this is something i like to highlight usually but i, I think the soundtrack is really good and it kind of keeps me into this and it's such a mood um so I, I'm like at a four or five. Like I think it's like at times I think it's like great for what it is. Yeah. And at times I think it takes me out a little bit. I went five as well. I don't have too much to add to that. I just think um, I like that it speeds up in, in in certain parts. It has like an interesting pacing to it where it's like really kind of drawn out in, in a, sort of an unusual point, I think. But it speeds up her pregnancy so we aren't like super bored. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it could have been a really long movie, but it's only about an hour and a half. And I love that the Mark thing, it, it's interesting where they focus things. That the Mark thing comes out of nowhere and becomes a focal point. It basically becomes the emotional, like... Is Mark Bateman's character? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it basically becomes, like, the emotional fulcrum of the movie. Like, that's where the movie kind of bends. Whereas it should have been... And it's weird that it's not bleaker. It kind of is bleaker, but you don't get in... Like, you don't... It doesn't hit super hard when she's like, I love you. I wonder if it would, it like, because they focus on that other stuff, like the Mark thing, I wonder if that's what turned it into, like, an Oscar-winning screenplay. That it was, like, less of just, like, a high school rom-com, like, r- romance movie, and more of, like, a, this is, like, the story's a little bit Man, more crazy. this is, if Layla was here, she'd be interrupting us really hard. Yeah, wait, what, what is that reaction? I literally hate that entire storyline so much it hurts my heart. With Mark? I don't know. 
why it needed to get as creepy as it did. I don't know why it needed to be like that. I I get that they were trying to create an ambiance of him realizing that there was more to his life and he wasn't ready for this, but why make it creepy? Like you could have, it could have just been a genuine relationship where he realized he missed music and he wanted to get back into music. What the fuck is that dancing where they're touching each other like that? And he's pulling her close and he's like, oh, it looks like there's something in between us. Yeah. A fucking baby. Cause she's 16 and pregnant. You weirdo. Like it's, it takes me out of the movie so hard. Is that symbolic? I mean, no, it it's dumb and weird. Sure it is. I, I do think like may, that was like it, there oh, had to be God. intention behind that. It's a bit ham-fisted if it is symbolic. Hey, I think the fucking Academy would like Man. to argue on my behalf that this movie is pretty smart. And, it's and I'm sorry, how many times have we argued that the Academy is dumb as fuck with their decisions? Well, who are you right now defending the Academy? Like the, I kind of like the screenplay win for this. I mean, when I it came out. Lot... I remember really liking that it won screenplay. I thought it. Was I would like, like to clarify cool that the screenplay is one of a kind, and it's very special. And I understand that. And I do get that it probably won because the dialogue is very one of a kind, and it's very nuanced and fun and different. But that does not mean that this needed to be a part of the storyline. Like it can win yeah, for one thing, and then this. It just it. It completely takes me out. Honestly, when it's happening, I cringe every time. I don't like it. I don't know why it needs to be there. Again, I get that we're trying to create an ambiance of why he needs to leave and why he picks up and leave. But all of these conversations that they have around the things that he misses and he loves was perfect enough. And then they have that extra scene that didn't need to be there where they have this creepy moment about prom and it just ruins all of their relationship for me. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. When we were watching uh, I it, it, like I, for- <laughs> I had almost forgotten. I thought Nick and I were watching it. And I was like, "Oh, I forget about the twist." In-, in my mind, I thought the twist was was that he just hits on her out of nowhere. Like there's there's no- out of nowhere. Like there's no lead up to it. There's no like her putting on the lipstick or whatever and being in that room and dancing. I thought like in my head, I thought of maybe another movie, and he had just like made a move, like tried to kiss her, and she ran out and was like concerned. And I, I didn't. Re- I and then when we were watching, it, I was like, "Oh, the twist is a little bit more that it's like, oh, he's making this. Like, he like decides out of nowhere. Besides the creepiness thing, like he decides out of nowhere that he's like, I can't do this for my life. I need to like protect my interests. Like, I want to keep having fun. I can't have this baby. Which is like, I that part of it is so interesting. So now I wonder is like, do they did they even need to have the creepiness? Could they have just done that thing and then? I don't know. Let's ask Diablo Cody. Um, I do want to also say, so I gave it a four. Um, I do think it's an incredibly sweet and cute and engaging film. And I do love certain rhythms of the dialogue and how that keeps you engaged. And the comedy is very like witty and fun and it, and it's, it hits in great moments. I do love, as you had mentioned that the like flow of the movie skips parts of her pregnancy. And I do like that it goes by seasons and that there's like a visual Mm -hmm. form of those seasons and you see time moving that way. It keeps you engaged. You, you see things progressing. Um, so I do think it's an engaging film. I do think it deserves a four, but just listening to you guys talk about that storyline, really, really triggering over here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To clarify, I wasn't saying that should be the emotional fulcrum of the movie. I'm saying that it's an interesting (laughs) choice that it is. 
Yeah. It's, and it that's is. You're like right. the emotional turning point of the yeah. movie is like yeah. that 100%. scene. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's a weird, I mean, it's a choice. It's a choice and you can. <laughs> it's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice and you can interpret it however you want, but it, it's a little odd. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, Easy A. Let's talk about uh, spectacularity with that. Uh, Nick, why don't you get it started? Mm, mm, no, I'm off pills. <laughs> oh, okay. It was nice seeing you, Su Chin. Uh, uh, that's uh, the other movie, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funnier. Easy A is a funnier movie. I mean, it's intended yeah. to be. I think it's funnier. Yeah. I think that Juno is is like sillier in a in its dialogue, quirky way. And yeah, and like its quirkiness. But uh, Easy A is just it's just not as good of a movie, and and it's significantly more boring than Juno is. I don't think the plot of Easy A is is very engaging. I found myself pulled out of it quite a quite a few times. I'll talk about it later. I'm gonna give it a four. Do you want to respond to that before I talk? I mean, I can. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, it's pretty ahead. obvious how I feel about it. I I adore this movie. I love this movie, and I don't know if that's just. I don't want to like pull. I don't want to pull any kind of cards here, but like. I, as a woman, it is really fun to see a woman lead a film like this, especially because it's not common that you just see a woman carry a witty, very intelligent, comedic character. So for me, it is incredibly engaging in that sense. And I love watching her in every scene with any character that she's in. Um, honestly, I'm just a huge Emma Stone fan and stan. So like yeah. I... I will literally support anything that she does and I will watch anything that she's in. So it's, uh, I, I can completely understand why maybe for someone else it's not quite as engaging, but it is like, it is a six for me. Like I feel completely engaged while I'm watching this movie. I do really find it hilarious. Again, these are my favorite parent characters in any film ever. It's, it's, it just, I, I think it's a great take on the Scarlet Letter. And I think, I love when teen comedies take old fiction and do this. And typically we see Austin films, we see Shakespeare, but we've never seen a take like this on the Scarlet Letter and it's fun and it's different. And at the different, like the arcs that she goes through in the film as she's figuring herself out, I think it flows really well. So I'm constantly engaged when I watch this movie and I think it hits really well. Love the characters, love the storyline, love Emma. So six. Yeah. I mean, I'm somewhere in between those things. So I, I don't, I think it's okay for a movie, especially this type of movie. I don't think this movie was like swinging for the fences. Like I want to be like a prestigious movie. It's a, it's like a, a pretty well-made and entertaining vehicle where you have like a very strong lead. Um, and I think it's pretty funny at times. Um, you know, it didn't always work for me now. Like I remember when this first came out, I loved it. And I was like super engaged with it when it, when it came out, I think over time, it's just not as good of a movie in my mind. Um, but that's okay. I still f think that there are some movies that like, I just find it entertaining, even though they're not like necessarily like great films. Um, I think that Emma Stone really carries it. Uh, she, I, I, I love the whole Natasha Bedingfield, like pocket full of sunshine scene. I think she is having so much fun her going through the school and like, she's like, Ooh, burn like she's just like fucking funny in this and she it's a star making performance um i think i, I don't know i i don't think i laughed as much this time around except for like i re i really did laugh with like tucci and 
and uh, Patricia Clarkson. And like some of the parts with uh, Lisa Kudrow actually made me laugh a bit because I, I just have grown to love her from Friends. Um, and I think Thomas Hayden Church is funny. I, I just don't think... Like, may, I think the movie maybe could have been even funnier if, like, the character Brendan was in more. I just thought he brought in a good energy that almost, like, matched Emma Stone. Not quite, but I thought they were really fun together yeah. uh, in their scenes. I, I don't – so because I don't think it's, like, a great movie, I don't think I was, like, fully engaged all the time. But because I remember loving this so much when it came out and because I still enjoy watching Emma Stone, I still think it's above average. So it's, like, around – like – I think it's maybe the more entertaining one, as I think Nick said, but I, I don't like it as much as Juno, but I think they're the same in terms of engagement, so I, I give it a five. An easy A pulls ahead. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about originality. Uh, originality is uh, where we just talk about how creative the movie uh, was, like whether it needed to be made, whether it stands out in the genre, like if it you know expanded upon things that we had seen before. Uh, Layla, uh, kick us off with EZA. I gave EZA a five. Um, I, I, I've touched on multiple of the things that I think are very, uh, original about it. I do think the Mm -hmm. fact that they use the scarlet letter, which is just such an obscure thing that no one really talks about is really fun as a, as opposed to just no one talks about, but everyone has to read. Yeah. Yes, 100%. You should hear my uh, old boss's take on the Scarlet Letter. It's it's the wrong take about it. And oh, you're it's that boss? Oh, God. He basically Ugh. just thinks that the the he likes the Scarlet Letter because he thinks that people should be hazed and that we that you could become a better person by um, poor treatment in that way for for the bad actions. Are you doing okay, Gabe? Like are you are you doing okay? Oh, I, like, this is I'm your boss. fine now. I have a great boss <laughs> now. She's the nicest person in the world. My old boss That's is good. a piece of shit, and I've said it multiple times on the podcast. Jeff, if you're listening, fuck you. Shout out. Um, I hope he's not listening, actually. He could ruin my career. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just think, it's, I think it's fun because typically we get adaptations, uh, uh, like 10 Things and all these other adaptations that are just like romance-based films, like they're rom-coms, and this is just... I know that there's like a undertone of sexuality and all of that kind of stuff, but it's really just about her figuring herself out and who she needs to be in her confidence. Um, and again, you know, we've had a lot of female leads in these movies, but it's, it's always refreshing to see a female in a lead. That's not just the popular girl or just like a really like pretty girl. She's, she's just incredibly intelligent and comedic and she carries this movie herself. And that is always refreshing to see. Um, yeah, I gave it a five. I think it's, I think it's, and I think it needed to be made. I think of the, I can't think in the 2010s of another movie that hits the way that this does for like, for, for girls, teenage, of like a teenage high school female led film. Yeah. Hmm. See, I kind of thought it was like past its time for that reason, but I guess that more uh, that more glass half full approach to it that there isn't another movie in the 2010s that is similar to it is probably the better way to look at it than a movie that's a bit past when all of the movies like it came out yeah you know what i mean yeah no that's a good point i mean i gave it a four i do think that it's good that it was made but it's just this this particular type of movie just isn't my jam but I also don't hate it at all in, in, in any way, shape, or form. 
But I do think that the 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 fact that it is uh, a movie that takes an older work of of fiction and adapts it and doesn't suck is great. Because I think a lot of those movies, it's really easy to make them suck. Yeah. To take an older work of fiction and try and turn it into a teen movie. But it's like a... It's like a coin flip whether or not it, it blows. And this one doesn't blow. So I gave it a four. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this movie blows at all. I do, on that, like, with that idea, like, I kind of appreciate ones that are more thinly veiled uh, versions of, like, uh, or adaptations of older text. You know, like, I, I really like how Clueless, you, you know, is very loosely based on Emma, but it's, it's not really telling you that it's Emma. Uh, I like that 10 Things I Hate About You isn't really telling you uh, Taming of the Shrew. Taming of, uh, that it's Taming of the Shrew. Whereas this one's like kind of... But, kinda but at the same time though, guys, like I know I know that like it's about what we enjoy and like, but like we're also talking about originality and it's one of the few that straight up puts that into the storyline and uses it as a plot point. Mm-hmm. Sure. I Okay, but for me, I don't think that that's that original. Like, I think that it's basically just taking that story, telling you that it's that story, and then, it's like, it's utilizing I guess it as a it. plot point. It's utilizing it. It's not just doing the exact same thing. It's okay. utilizing yeah. it. All right, then I'll move way. on to the next thing that I don't, uh, that I'm bothered with by this because that's my opinion about it. Um, I also don't, like, I feel like this movie references too many other movies that it wants to be a s- sort of based on. There are a ton of John Hughes references in this movie. I mean, she talks about Ferris Bueller uh, maybe about like five or six times. She even does the thing with her hair in the shower. It's a lot of times. She does the thing with her hair in the shower. I also think like if a movie, I was honestly going to be pretty like polite about this movie because I, I do find it entertaining. I just don't think it's that original of a movie. And, like, if I'm looking at all of these, like, I don't think a lot of high school comedies are super original, but I, I wouldn't say that this one really stands out in that way. I gave it credit where credit was due in other categories. But, like, if a movie is not that good, I don't think you can be allowed to make fun of other movies in your movie. And there are a lot of, like, references to, like, problems in other movies. And it's, like, you got to be a pretty fucking good movie if you're going to be, like referencing these other movies as what if they're like garbage. What is it referencing that's a problem in those movies? What's he, it referencing? She talks about she talks about the 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 fact that they would have like all these would just rely on some incredible music sequence. So she says like what was that about? Like in Ferris Bueller where she talks about like how there's just a, a scene where there's like a song in the parade which is actually one of the I most mean, fun scenes. I mean she's also at the same time saying right, lovely things. I gave about it a them. I gave it a 1. Let's uh let's move on to the next category. I'm actually kind of pissed about this because, like, I think that this is like sometimes that's a you, totally fucking fair point about sometimes this. Sometimes when you are really passionate about something on this podcast, I like to imagine that you're just walking around alone in your apartment saying the exact same thing. I did. I literally talked to myself. It brings in the me a, a great deal of joy to imagine you just pacing around and saying the same thing that you just said. I just yeah. I encourage I, you, listener, go back sure. to Gabe's thing and listen to it again. I totally agree with you, though. I'm not I don't think this movie is that original, and I don't think it's like a mean thing to say that it's not that original. It's I not think- a mean thing. I just think we're having a conversation and a debate about it. That's the whole point of the podcast, to talk about these opinions, to see if we can open eyes to other takes. Like, that's the whole point of a podcast. <laughs> sure, sure. 
Um, okay, but I, I do think that it needed to be made in a certain way, and I especially during the time that it did. So seriously, I gave it a three and not a one. That was because I was pissed off. <laughs> Obviously, I gave it a three originally, but something that uh, Layla said not not even ten minutes ago made me change it to a four, and now I don't remember what that was because of game. Cool. Move on <laughs> to the next category. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. Well, you got to do originality for uh, Juno. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, dude, I'm trying to do addition. What did you give it, Layla? Five? Uh, For Easy A, yeah, I gave it a five. Twelve. Interesting. Very interesting. What about for Juno? I gave Juno a six. Um, I could be convinced to move it to a seven. Because I just think that um, I this is where I want to give credit to the script. Although it is odd, and I don't love it, it is very original, and it's a very original movie. I don't think it works all the time, because it's so weird for such a... An, I don't know why, why. I don't know what the reason is, besides... Like, would the movie be as good if, it, if they weren't saying things like... like Friggin' oh, Gob? Yeah, like Friggin' Gob and everything Rain Wilson Rain says Wilson in that says, say, yeah. scene. Would it be? Would it be as good if they weren't? So, if the dialogue wasn't so weird? If I, she didn't say Thundercats or Go when her water I broke? like that, like those little things. I, I don't know, but it, it works really well That's in like it. Napoleon Dynamite, whereas like maybe in this one, it kind of like maybe could pull you this off. This one for me off. feels like it's trying slightly hard with that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I don't think all the comedy hits for me because it feels like it's trying really hard to be those types of comedies. And sometimes it's really great. And then other times I'm just like you're adding a little too much into the dialogue of that yeah. kind of stuff. Because there are some serious moments too. So it's kind of weird when she throws in that dialogue into these serious moments and it feels like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel in the moment. <laughs> Is it so Ellen it, it, Page? Like, takes me out of place. I think it's Ellen Page. I think honestly Ellen Page could have been recast and that would have been better. It's interesting though because this is like what like made Ellen Page. Like Ellen Page yeah, became a thing because of this. What if Ellen She's Page, like iconic for this. What if Ellen Page was Emma Stone. Ugh. Well, oh, no. if it was like early Emma Stone, like before she was, like if she's not playing the easy A kind of Emma Stone, like the really energetic version of that character, maybe. I feel I like... I mean, she's a great I, actress. Like, she could do anything. anything? I feel she like really Juno's character fly. is really harsh and sassy at times, though, and I don't feel like Emma's like good at being really harsh. Like she part of Juno's comedy... She would have yeah, been three years younger than she is in Easy A because this came out three years before. Yeah, she probably couldn't have pulled it off. Because Juno's know. sarcastic and like, like she can be super harsh in scenes in a great way. Like her, her character is great that way. But it's just, I do think Ellen Page has a little bit of like a edge to her that adds yeah. to the character that makes it hit really well in those kinds of scenes. But That's a good point. I, it's, it's interesting when you said that if like we, they recast Ellen... I almost feel like you could make both arguments very equally that like, mm-hmm. I almost feel like she needs to be recast, but I also feel like only she could do it at the same time. Yeah. So I don't really know. I will also say the same until I can think of another actress in seven <laughs> that could have done this. But honestly, the weirdness is the reason I gave it a six and the reason it's not a seven is because of the weird dialogue. One of the reasons I gave it a six. I think the real reason I gave it a six is because it's tr- it truly is a unique story. Yeah. Um, at yeah. least in the, in the way that it's presented. And it's a, uh, an important story to tell, too. 
I saw, yeah, there's not any, I couldn't think of another movie that was exactly like this or like even matched the tone. I, or maybe there, a lot of movies afterwards were. I think this is like more inspiring for that kind of tone. This is going to sound really weird and shut me down, but like, doesn't it kind of remind you a little bit of like the concept of Lady Bird, how Greta just created this world around experiences that she had and like these inner dialogues between people that she knew and these really like, I I don't know, it has that same feel to me a little bit because uh, Diablo Cody like very much said that these are all versions of people that she had in her life growing up and interactions that she had with people and weird instances that she had. And I get that same feel with Lady Bird with Greta and her experience in Sacramento. And um, I know it's by no means the same film. I'm not even trying to say that at all. I just get this vibe of like that type of independent film where someone's creating an environment of something they grew up around or knew. But maybe that like I I do. I think that's exactly on point. I I think maybe Greta uh, Gerwig was like, Maybe she was just like a big fan of Jason Reitman. Like Jason Reitman is a pretty famous director at the, like, especially by the time that she made uh, Lady Bird or I guess like had like switched to doing directing um, and was doing yeah. Lady Bird. Um, and maybe she, you know, maybe she like kind of adapted that tone from this. I don't know. But I, at the time when Juno came out, like there were just not a lot of movies like this. The only one I could. No, feel, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was super, super. You're I mean, 100 percent. And that's to your point from before. That's 100 percent why it was it was uh, acknowledged by the Academy. Sorry, like 100 percent. Yeah, why it was acknowledged because it too. really was so original and different. And you said it before, too. We all talked about this movie when it came out. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not aging as well as we thought it would, but like I do remember people seeing this and talking about the dialogue in the movie and the music. And the music is also a really big part of the originality as well because yeah. it created a movement around that very like fun kind of talk poetry, like folky music. Um, and I remember listening to this soundtrack on repeat after this movie came out. And there's a lot of articles about how many copies the album sold as well. And I think it adds to that originality of it too. Um, So yeah, I I gave it a six. I I think it's a a very original film. I I almost kind of teetered on a seven actually, because like you said, there's not really anything you could say is comparable to this movie like like yeah it, yeah not before it i think that what you said about ladybird this is this is like a stepping one of the first stepping stones to a movie like that being made now. yeah i think there's like a few movies like that ladybird being the best of those but yeah. um yeah I, I don't have much to add to that i i just i i do think just the fact that it is just like a purely original story it doesn't rely on any other stories it is kind of what it is yeah, and exactly. it's become its own like you know, we'll talk about in Legacy. It's become its own thing since then, especially in tone uh, for teen comedies. Like, I, I just think it's something that a lot of people wanted to match afterwards or expand upon in the case of Lady Bird. So I give it a six. Nice. Um, I think it's really original. Uh, let's move on to Eye Candy. Uh, eye Candy is where we talk about uh, all the vis- visual elements of the movie. So uh, costuming, uh, makeup, uh, cinematography, editing, all that stuff. Uh, let's start with, uh, Juno. Yeah. Mm. Since we're on it. Mm. I actually am surprised by how good of like a visual movie this is comedically. Like, I think, uh, 
Yeah. It's like, you know, like one of the best comedic directors for me is Edgar Wright. I think he's just a genius with everything he does, especially his editing. But Jason Reitman like really kills it in terms of like every visual element of this. You got the costumes are funny, like they're iconic costumes. They became like Halloween costumes for a lot of people. They're like Bleecker and Juno thing. The hamburger phone, like I always remember the hamburger phone from this movie. I know they didn't like invent that hamburger phone, but I always think of that. Um, him eating the Tic Tacs, like there's something so funny about the visual thing of him just eating Tic Tacs in front of his locker. I think it's also like got some really artistically creative uh, things like visually like the the drawings for the title sequence, mm-hmm. which which are like mm-hmm. Nick and I were talking about, like it's it's great that a lot of movies aren't doing stupid title sequences anymore because sometimes they just like are just like a waste of like five minutes of a movie. But I really like how they do that. I like the the visual thing where she's like wondering what jocks would like, like the type of girl a jock would like, and it's like um a, a, like a, a a person's body like suspended in, in in like darkness or whatever and it's like switching the outfits. I thought that was kind of clever and funny. Um I don't think high school comedies need to be visually great. They're comedies and they're like high school movies. But I think you could add a lot of humor with little editing techniques and I think this movie's very good at that and like examples like the the nails in when she's in the women now thing there's like it's cutting back and forth with the nails in her head and how she's thinking about it and people tapping on like the yeah. clipboards there's like her there's like a funny part where she's like lying about puking in the the vase or whatever and it like is cutting back and forth to her puking and i thought that was funny so i i actually i weirdly am going to give it like above there. average oh, crap but. blue crap in there yeah Oh, then she like dumps the the drink in there she later. She dies later to piss her. But that's like off. a a mean scene. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's above average. It's like a five. She, that's, that's like actually what Layla was talking scene. about. Like she does have this meanness to her, and what she says to Allison Janney in that scene is like she's just being mean. Yeah. Well, she's a sixteen year old who's like way too True. smart. True. And also, pregnant. But her humor her humor is like being an asshole. Which yeah, it's, that's some people's humor. It's like just being like super direct. Yeah. And like not caring Sarcastic. about what other people yeah. think. Right. What did which you I give think it? you pointed out. I give it a five. I think it's above it average five. visually. I give it a five. I think it's stylistically really kind of bold in a weird, quirky way. Um, and it, I, I just have to give it credit because there's a lot of iconic Im- imagery in the movie yeah. that like sticks with people. Like you said, Layla, we all talked about this after it came out. Um, and, and again, the you know part of that's the costumes. Part of that's just like the weird quirky choices like the tic tacs um yeah I like sweatbands yeah i always think of his like yeah the, no track team had ever worn maybe no one looks like that yeah no one wears that it's um, i like uh, there's a lot of really cool shots in the way the shots are framed too yeah that i noticed anyways give it a five what about you Layla? yeah I, I gave it a five too i do think for a movie like you said, Gabe, where movies like this specifically don't necessarily need to use the visual as an insane amount, or that's not really like the biggest part of the film. It does a really good job of using its visuals to set a tone in a lot of scenes. And it uses it as a part of the storyline too, which I really love. Like there's this, there's this shot, multiple shots where she was 
walking the opposite direction of the kids in the hallway and you felt like the enclosure of all the people around her and how she was always going down a different path than them. And I loved that. And I thought it was a mm. really cool shot. And the, obviously the, I mean, the shot of the boys running and their dicks bouncing up and down. Like no, that's just hilarious. like, it's that's, that's comedic gold. And yeah. I, before we even talked about doing these movies, I referenced this movie in a conversation because my coworker's son had joined the track team and she was oh, talking God. about she was talking about his short shorts that they gave him. And I referenced this movie because that is an iconic shot and like a moment in this movie that I of course still remember. So I do think it uses the visuals to create a tone for what she's experiencing because she's not a very vocally emotional person. So it creates that for her. And I think it also creates a tone of quirkiness and fun and comedy that that um, enhances the performances a lot. So I I think for a movie just about a teen pregnancy, it's well, it's above average. So definitely a five. Cool. Yeah. uh, What about um, Easy A? Uh, I mean, I found it tough to rate this one. Yeah, right. Because it's like that. Like, so I gave it a four because I got lazy. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't like. It's so tough to rate because it's like I, I. This kind of goes into my point. Like, I don't think like a high school comedy needs to be visually great. Like, I don't need to see like great cinematography or any of that. It could add to it and really like help the score. I think. There's like a visual tone to this movie that I think is what makes me feel like it's not like a great movie. And I don't really know how to describe that more than like everyone just kind of looks really glammed up. Like they don't look like real versions of kids, yeah, I guess. It's, like it's very like cookie cutter. Yeah. The way that the well, movie you know is pr- visually funny presented. about what you just said is that my only real qualm with this movie is that for some fucking reason these girls wear the largest high heels of all time to high school. Yeah, and I think about it uncomfortable. every scene, I think about it every time I see Emma Stone in her high ass wedges, I <laughs> yeah, don't understand. Do we all wore fucking ugly ass Ugg boots when we were in high school at that time. Like what yeah. was she doing? Unless what was she like doing high school, in these I guess wedges? Like kind of small distance wise. Imagine doing that at oh, Los so You would, would like die. There were like well, stairs we had, like, everywhere. Ridiculous and it's so hills. Far. Yeah. There's true. like, do you remember that one hill from the? Yeah. If you were it, going anyways, like uh, down from like the science building up, it like you and you were but, wearing like, from heels. From the those library, would snap immediately. any direction, you would just be going downhill intensely. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so many stairs. Absolutely not. You would not make that. it. That's such a good point. You guys reminded me of this. This is. No, I digress. I'll talk about this at the end. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I had a hard time with this category because I don't, I personally don't think that the visuals, aside from the high heels, like, make it bad or good. Like, I just, there's not a whole lot for me to say about the visuals. I do think that the, the vlog that she does that, like, narrates the film is kind of fun, and I do mm. really like that. And I don't think it aged poorly. Like, no. I don't think vlogs or YouTube videos are... They're kind of a little bit a thing of the past at this point, but I think it still hits really well in the movie. I mean, we did eighth grade, um, and that's supposed to take place like two years ago, and she's still doing vlogs. Mm-hmm. Although, fair enough, but she's also she's just also like a kid who thinks that's it. cool, and yeah. she's a loser. So, yeah. um, but it, <laughs> I, I, th- <laughs> I, I think it visually helps the film a lot. I think it's fun. I think it's a cool 
version of narration for the time and how much that hits at the time. I do think there's like a couple of shots of like text messages in the movie that are like very, it ages the time a little bit as well. Like it ages the movie. Um, it's nothing spectacular. I don't know. I teetered around like a four, I think, because I just, I didn't really know. I do like her little lingerie costumes. I think they're really Yeah, fun. her outfits are and fire. Her outfits yeah. are fun and she looks great in them. And I like the letter A that she puts on all of her stuff. I just, I, I think it's all like, just kind of fun. I don't think it's remarkable. I just think it's fun. So yeah, I like. I guess I, if there was any visual part that like I didn't, I really don't like when they're panning through the school really quickly as like rumors are spreading. Like it just felt like a a cheaper movie. Like it wasn't an expensive movie by any means, but it was like it just <laughs> felt a little cheaper. And sometimes I just felt like this movie. Like I I gave it a three just because like even though it is kind of average, there's like some visual quality to it that kind of like rubs me wrong no i'm gonna i'm gonna do a four because i think it is kind of average for the type of movie it is you know based off of like a lot of the stuff that you've been saying i feel like you're noticing a lot of things that are 100 percent true like they play off of a lot of things in this movie like they play off of other teen movies they talk about them or they like do things like the really fast zoom where news spreads and that's in a lot of really dumb teen movies for sure like that exact shot is and i feel like Yeah, and I feel like the way I interpreted it was just that they were using those materials to, like, enhance this film and make it fun and, like, play off of all this other, like, old content and incorporate it into something new and better. And I didn't hate that about it. I think it's just, like, about how you felt about that specifically because it didn't bother me. I liked it. I was like, this is a fun take on a movie we have seen a bunch of times, but it just feels like a newer, better take on it. And they're using those little tropes and little uh, storytelling pieces that we've seen a million times, but in a cool way. I I didn't like, I guess I just didn't personally hate it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I don't know what it is about that. Like, cause sometimes I, I, everything is derivative of something else. And like, for me, I just, there were so many references to so many, to other movies and, and it was more like it wasn't really standing out. It, it, like the more it referenced like these great John Hughes movies, the more I was like, oh, is this movie that like original and good? Because those movies are fucking great. Why wasn't I watching that? You know, but I, I, I don't know. It, it's like visually I don't need it to stand out. And I also don't like it, it doesn't need to have a visual uh, thing, but like something like no, Juno will stand out. Mm-hmm. And that's just an elevated comedy type thing. Um, yeah. For but sure. actually, that kind of leads well into our last category. Let's talk about legacy. Uh, what's mm. the lasting legacy of these movies? Like how it was perceived when it came out and like how is it perceived now and how has it aged uh, with comedies? Um, I guess like stat-wise, like this was like a pretty decent success. It actually has like a lot higher reviews than I expected. Are we talking about Easy A? Easy A, yeah. It does, yeah. Like it did well. Like it has a seven on IMDb, mm-hmm. which... Uh, is kind of surprising and 72 on Metacritic, which is actually like pretty, usually pretty harsh, especially to movies like this. Um, it did well, like made 75 million off of 8 million. Um, I think it was like, it is kind of interesting and I'll talk about how big of a success story Juno was, but like, it is kind of crazy that this was like pegged to be a popular high school movie and it didn't really make that much. And I think this is one of those movies, even though this was like one of those ones that needed to be made when it came out in 2010, 
I have a feeling this is kind of why like they stopped making these movies until Netflix where they didn't have to worry about like how they were going to, uh, how much money they were going to make in theaters. Cause like after easy a, there's not a lot of these kind of movies. But I also, I would like to just give a little bit more context to that because I yeah. don't want the ending of that you sentence might know to be more like easy. Too. Well, no, I just don't want it to go just like easy A cause this. Or I think there's also the bigger context for those who don't follow it too closely of like how the movie theater industry has been affected by like streaming services and like what films can and can't be made for movie theaters. So yeah. like, it's not just, I mean, at the end of the day, there's just more people are going to want to watch a movie like Easy A on streaming versus paying $15 to go in theaters to see it. So I don't think it's necessarily that like this movie caused people to not want to make these movies. Oh, no. It's <laughs> unfortunate. No, I, I know that I, that I just want to make sure that that's like, it's, I wish more funding went into these streaming service versions of these movies because the ones that have come out are pretty shitty and that's unfortunate. But like, yeah. I wish people would put more money into another movie like this because these movies are fun and I still love them at this age and I'm sure teenage girls would love to see more. It makes me sad that teenage girls today are like obsessed with the kissing booth, which is just an uh, awful fucking yeah. movie. But then there's like <laughs> other ones like to all the boys I've ever loved before that are also Which was so too. cute. Yeah. yeah, super cute. Super but cute. like I actually kind of, it, it is really weird that this like, that they hadn't made a movie like this for a few years and then they just haven't now because like, this and Mean Girls are so popular still. Like, if you go on Netflix right now, Easy A is one of the top, uh, top ten. Yeah, this is totally. Like I mean, I ten years later. Um, I so it is. It's weird. Uh, what did you give it? I, so give it I actually wanted to bring up like some things didn't age well for me. Like, I, I think the movie itself, I don't like it as much as I liked it before. Another thing, like, I don't. This movie, like, something about the way it, it talks about homosexuality is like problematic i think it's a lot I mean, of the like, way we talked about homosexuality in the like the first decade of the 2000s in general is just atrocious so yeah, yeah of course, it's just like. it's just like it feels weird that a movie like this aged aged poorly like that like we just did like starsky and hutch which i would have expected to be like such a problematic movie like 15 years later and i thought like more of the scenes where they're talking about like him being gay even like the his depiction of a gay guy, like, I felt like there was something off about it, and it felt, like, disrespectful to that community. I don't know if there was any, like, reaction in that way, but it just, it felt weird 10 years later. Even if that is how kids talk in high school. I mean, you like, Superbad, for instance, they're saying that. But it's like, in Superbad, they would say the F word, and it would be, like, it's a bad thing in it. They're not saying it's a good thing. Whereas this one, they're just like kind of cavalier about saying something is gay and like, oh, he's actually like gay as fuck and stuff. Like they don't say that, but they like say like her mom essentially says that in one scene. And like the way that Rianne or Rhiannon or whatever, her best friend like says like, oh, were you guys trying on dresses? And like, it just kind of brushed over some of these things instead of like really, I don't know. I don't I know how to like, explain it. It just, it, no, it that aged poorly you. for me. I just, I mean, it does age poorly, but at the same time, like, I, I do feel like, I mean, Gabe, when we were in high school, people said unfortunate things like that. Like, sure. I just, I, I think it's more about like how you present it in the movie. Cause the, it could okay. like, you know, it could be like a negative sort of, thing. Cause yeah, it was yeah, a bad yeah, thing okay. we did in high school. I, said I mean, I guess often. I just didn't, it was, I guess maybe, and maybe it's problematic of me. Mind. I guess I just didn't Never see. Mind. 
I have a joke that's no, not going to go over well. Never mind. Nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, Appropriate. If you, if you don't think it's going to go over well, it doesn't belong on a public podcast. No. no and, I, and I also don't think it's like that bad in that way. There are other movies that are way, way more problematic. I think it's like kind of real. I just felt like some of it didn't age right in that way. I think, I think what you're, you're getting at is that it's not a particularly deep portrayal or a deep kind of thoughtful – like, um, yeah, uh, it's like it's satire of of the way that we talk about things, and because that is in 2010. How, I mean, I graduated high school in 2009. You guys, yeah, we graduated did in 2010. 2010, or you did in 11, 11. right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's how we talked, unfortunately. But the movie isn't. Well, I think what you're saying, Gabe, is that you could you could make a movie that is a, has some meaningful commentary about how that's probably not the way that you should approach homosexuality or, or really differences in, in anything. Yeah. But it, it really doesn't choose to do that. It just kind of is like, here, this is how everyone talks. You brought I guess up a I good just, point. And maybe oh. I'm, Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say very quickly, like in like, for instance, in mean girls, which is like, I think four years before this, like, there's the line like, oh, that's Damien. He's almost too gay to function. And then they get to the part later where she says that. And it's like, no, you can't say that because like this, it, it, they like kind of explain like how you, like how you should I mean, say this and how I mean, all she says they... is, well, no, all she says is that I'm the only one that's allowed to say that. That's all she says in the movie. I think it's because she's like talking about like that. It's coming from a place of endearment that they had been friends their whole life or whatever. And like, sure, like sure, that. sure, sure. Whereas like this one is just more cavalier about it is my only point. I just don't think it's a particularly yeah. deep movie. And I think that's the better explanation for it. Yeah. I just, I don't even, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't. I, d- I just didn't really notice that. I don't know. And maybe that's problematic of me to not notice it, but I just didn't see anything that they said to be extraordinarily problematic versus other films. That I, I guess I, I also, I, I I also like don't a, think it's I like, almost feel like that's a dig yeah. on it. Like, I just kind of yeah. think Easy A is like a very basic, um, yeah. kind of forgettable, sort of unremarkable movie, but it's cute and funny and oh. really, I don't think <laughs> forgettable it's... Forgettable and unremarkable. I, so I think I, it is, but Emma Stone is America's sweetheart, so... But I, but okay, so I'm gonna take a very different stance on this as far as legacy. Take and a stand. I don't know. Well, so I, 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 and I don't know. Is this just like? I hate that this is just coming down to is this just a more feminine thing? Because like when I told my friends I was doing this, I can't even tell you. Every single person, every single person responded to my story and was like, "Fuck yeah, Easy A," like. Yeah. It is an incredibly beloved film. Like whether we're being critical on this podcast or not, we're talking about legacy specifically. Yeah. It is literally on the top of the Netflix page right now because it's being watched in everyone's homes. Like when I posted it, two of my friends had said, I literally just watched this last night because Netflix just put it up. I'm so excited for this podcast. Like it's a lot of people still love this movie and still rewatch it. And most of the people that responded to me saying that we were doing this adhere more to Easy A and love that comedy more and still rewatch it. I don't think any of my friends rewatch Juno. And I'll talk about this in Juno's Legacy yeah. when we get to that. But like Easy A is a very rewatched film for me and my friends. We love it. We adore it. Whether we want to be critical or not, we do like rewatching it and talking about it. And we we definitely 
think about it and enjoy it. So it's it, it, yeah. I mean, I it's almost tough because I almost I almost don't want to be that critical of EZA because when it came out, I really enjoyed it and I thought it was really fun. And I think when I was like. When we had decided that we were going to do this, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Easy A is like a fun movie. I want to see this. I remember Emma Stone being hilarious in it. I see all the gifts all the time of it. I always think of any time I hear any Natasha Bedingfield song, I think of this. And, and by the way, I fucking love Natasha Bedingfield. And I think I <laughs> ended doesn't? up loving She's her magical. because of this movie. But I just think when I rewatch it, I was like, I don't personally, I feel like it just fell off for me. Like it just sure. I didn't and enjoy that's it as much. Super fair, a hundred percent. And I, uh, all a lot of the points you guys have been making are super fair. I'm just saying, in the sense of the category legacy, I do want to speak up for a lot of those people out there yeah. that still do very much rewatch and adore this film and watch it all the time. I think so, we're gonna get a bunch of like hate mail, like when we did uh, Clueless, because this just isn't my jam. But let the record show, I gave it all average scores. Which is not good. But also, not <laughs> well, that's that's bad. why I that's yeah. exactly why I want to just basically say, like, aside from our opinions about the movie, legacy wise, like even just it going up on Netflix and literally yeah, everyone thing. watching it in their homes, that's, like it's that's what's pushing it above an average because, like, I can't believe ten years later it's like top ten on Netflix. It is. Yeah, People is really still weird. love and this it's movie. Been like top whether... ten for a few weeks, so I give it a five. Five? Yeah. Layla? I gave it a six. Six. Uh, let's finish out with uh, Juno Legacy, which is pretty interesting. Like, this has such a, like, unique legacy. Whereas, like, Easy A is, like, a really popular movie. It's, like, Juno is just, like, this... Even if you don't remember the movie itself, like, everyone knows what Juno is. You know, maybe it's not, like, a rewatchable movie to a certain degree. And I also agree with that. Like, I... I tried rewatching it a few years ago and I was just like, I'm not really in the mood for this, but I know this movie's great. So I'll just keep it in my head as great. Um, but like, I mean, so many people did that Halloween costume of like her in the striped shirt with the pregnant belly and bleak and like someone being bleaker. Uh, yeah. Which I will point out that that only happened that year though. And that I feel like I saw it a few years after, but yeah, it definitely did stop after that. But I think it was just the response to this movie was really big. This movie had a $7.5 million budget. This movie, this indie comedy, made $232 million. That's fucking (laughs) unreal. It was also released on Christmas, which 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 may account for that. Um it kind of further launched a lot of the careers of everyone in it. Whereas like Emma Stone like cemented her place as a big star. This was like Ellen Page blew up, Michael Sarah blew up. Although I think uh Superbad was bigger for that. But like this was kind of early when people were like, oh, Allison Janney and J.K. Simmons could be in all these like supporting roles and eventually win, and they both did eventually win, like I don't know, like 15 years later. Um it was nominated for four Oscars. It won one. I don't know how it got nominated for Best Picture uh, and Actress, but like, kind of, it's still like it was received really well. Their critical response is yeah, is great. Uh, I think the final scene, that song was like really popular for a while. The little like song that they sing. The soundtrack. To each other. It sold yeah. like a million copies. It was like, it an all incredibly ori- famous. Are there soundtrack? like a bunch of original songs like throughout the soundtrack? Not just that. I one think they the got end. a bunch of yeah. They got like a bunch of bands to write original oh, songs for sick. the soundtrack. 
All right. Well, then I'm going to give it a and seven. And played throughout the movie. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think it's a, no. I'm I'm giving it a six because I just think it's like people people always remember this movie, and it was such a big success story, and it was so big for indie like these type of indie movies. I I feel like whereas like maybe I I I I also I like I don't really agree with my take about Easy A. Like my own take about Easy A, maybe like killing off. I was just kind of speculating. I do think that this movie was huge for indie comedies. Like, and it might have actually blown up the industry a little bit. Um, so I give it a six. <clears throat> Long winded. I gave it a five. Okay. Short winded five. <laughs> no explanation. Just. Um, Just give it a five. The reason it's, it's cool. the reason it's not a six is because I don't know how much it holds up and how much the youths like it. Ooh. Yes. Um, I yes. think that's an issue. I don't hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, like kids now wouldn't be able. Yeah, to watch I don't it. know. Like, oh, like kids now will watch Easy A and probably be like, ha. But I don't know that they'd watch Juno and they'd be it like... It does not age well. I'm sorry. Yeah, it doesn't I don't think age it ages well. super well. The comedy does not uh, hit kids. for... Do you think Juno's more of like an... Like when it was made, was made for high schoolers or was no. made for adults? I think it was made for adults. But yeah. I think it hit for the kids of that specific time because the comedy and the way she talked hit really hard and well. And it was yeah. just like quirky and fun. But it's not aged well. It's not something that people can quite understand the same way now. It's not like you could show this movie to a younger kid of the next generation and they would like immediately love it. Maybe someone who's like into film because they could enjoy that. Yeah, but, like, sure. It's, and yeah, sorry, keep going. I didn't want to interrupt you. Keep going. No, that that was really it. That was, I Gabe, Gabe covered most of what I had written down. Yeah, Besides I gave that. it, yeah. I gave it a four. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I Gabe, you're completely right. Like everything you're saying about how it hit in the moment and all of that is completely, it was huge. It was. And I remember it. And I also remember being one of those people that adored this movie when it came out and I enjoyed the fun dialogue, the, the, the indiness of it, the soundtrack, all of the above. But I think a big part of legacy is whether it like, whether it's going to continue on and hit well with next generations and people are going to keep talking about it. And we talk about this all the time. Like when shape of water won the Oscar, we were sitting there like, this is not going to age well. No one's going to care about this movie. No one's going to talk about it later. And I know that we reference Juno and we talk about it, but if I brought up Juno to someone younger than me, I don't know if they'd know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't think they would. That's that's, yeah. I guess more, I guess yeah, that's a good point because I think maybe more what I'm referencing is over time it just it still works for me, but it's it's not like maybe it's going to disappear when when we get old, you know, and like no one's going to know what it is anymore because the younger generations mm-hmm. didn't care about it. Although I don't know, we could be just speculating like maybe the younger generations find her to be really funny because of the way that she talks. And they stuff. need to put this on a streaming service. I don't know why they think it that this was. Should be I feel, on a but like this test. would like benefit from that because I think there would be enough people that like watch it and be like, oh, Juno, I remember liking that. Netflix, Let me it. you've gotten about an hour to- and fifty. <laughs> we'll kill your baby. Listen up. Wow. I'm not sure where that came from from my co-host. I thought we were doing a ransom thing. But what do we have that Netflix don't. needs from us? 
for them to do the we action. will we will all all of our fans will discontinue their yeah. memberships because that's yeah, really gonna hurt you all of our fans are gonna switch to showtime anytime and only showtime anytime <laughs> literally no <laughs> other service <laughs> this is a reference oh, to something we we're so talking good. about today um cool let's add it Juno. up wait what did you give it a four yes she well, did no. yeah i gave it a four juno is our winner 79 to 68 oh that damn I wanted it to be by a lot, but I didn't think it, it would. I thought it was going to be by like literally almost solely because of the originality category. Yeah. It got like 10 more points in that category. That'll do. That'll do. So um, that did it. Yeah. We are going to forego accolades for this podcast because we have gotten too far but, into this. Yeah, we got too far. But I do think this is a good time for us to recommend a bunch of stuff because I like – Thinking about Juno and Easy A made me think of like a lot of other movies that are kind of like similar that I think people should watch. Yeah. I don't know if you thought of that, Layla. Uh, I recommend uh, somebody please watch the show on HBO with Maisie Williams called uh, Two Weeks Left to Live. Watch the whole oh, thing I hadn't even for heard of me. That. Watch it for me. Then tell me if I should watch it because I've seen two episodes and I don't understand why it's a show and what's happening in it. So oh, someone do I'm it not going for to that, me so. and then... Tell yeah, me. and write into the show and let us know because I don't. You guys want reminded to watch me of this. a scene in that where Maisie Williams is wearing heels for the first time, and she takes the heel, and for some Ooh. reason she breaks it off of the shoe, and then for some other weird reason she goes, and then like shrugs and throws it behind her shoulder. Oh, I don't. She's want sitting to watch in a bar this. talking with. I don't. Boy, even, I'm not going to touch. I this don't understand show. it. I don't understand it. I need someone to watch it. I have a bunch that I know Layla would agree like with almost all that, of these. Like tasted King's Get food it. for them to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Like that, but for that show. I'm done. Okay, go watch that show and let us know because I'm not going to watch it. And this sounds horrible. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot. Like I was thinking more like offbeat teen comedies, which I fucking love. It's one of my favorite genres. Um, uh, me the and Earl. The William show, I think, is that. Sure, me okay, but it doesn't sound like girl. it's that good. And, and we're done with this show now. <laughs> I'm actually so sick of this show, and I, had, I didn't know what it existed until two minutes ago. Um, me and Earl and the Dying Girl, incredible. I fucking love that movie a lot. Like, it hits really Adore hard. Adore that it, movie. It, Everyone should see that movie. And read like the book. Visually Everyone incredible should see too. it and oh, read the book. Is the book good? Yeah, I loved the nice. book. Uh, I also, uh, Rushmore is one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Uh, so good. And I also think if you like Rushmore, you should watch Submarine, which I think is fucking incredible. It's a Welsh movie. Um, it is, it's so good. And if you like the Arctic Monkeys, Alex Turner does the entire score for it. Um, never, if you want to go into the sad route of where the Juno story could have gone, um, never rarely, sometimes always is like unbelievably good uh came out this year and it's on hbo max now uh it's really there's really also sad like, i never saw it but there's also like the comedic version of that so then there's well the comedic HBO. unfortunately on the same exact streaming service there is yeah. unpregnant <laughs> which like i had wa- so i had watched never rarely sometimes always and it's it's very heavy is it's really good but it's very heavy um and then like i think like maybe like two months later unpregnant came out and i really love Haley lou richardson as you know layla um and and i don't know her name but the girl from euphoria as well oh yeah uh i don't know either i'm i'm blanking but i remember seeing so i saw the trailer and i was like oh i'm gonna watch this and i started watching it and i was like this seems like so disrespectful to the movie i just saw (laughs) 
and so like yeah maybe i'm pregnant would be good for you guys uh virgin suicides that's another good one that's not comedy necessarily although i did laugh but i love the perspective in virgin suicides is a boy's perspective of what a girl goes through in high school and i think that's kind of like brilliant in that way and then last end of the fucking world watch that show it's so good that show is great everyone watch that show I Everyone. think that's like a, a really nihilistic like version of like what Juno was kind of like getting at, like that kind of like also, humor or whatever. Or if that you tone. just like, if you love British television too, yeah. like it's just it's great comedy. It's such great comedy. It's yeah. great, and it's um a re- like I I have a lot of friends who are super into just British comedy in general. So watch End of the Fucking World. Are there other say. ones like British comedy? Uh, for like young teen stuff yeah like my mad fat diary is fucking hilarious too i love that tv show um mad fat diary (laughs) that's real fun but it's like it's kind of dark too like it has that super dark undertone about like awful shit that teens deal with but it's a really funny show i'm into that um yeah yeah uh julie's Rex for the week are saved and how to deal oh yeah saved saved what a throwback she yeah, wanted us to do thing. saved versus uh, easy A, I think, and I was like, no, too obscure. No, too I obscure. just like I, I think we had just already talked at length it. about doing easy A versus Juno, and then it turned into a, uh, a debate with her. Saved but would have also been a great one? choice, though. How to deal? Oh, I'll watch that. She I said, "Saved v Juno." Saved v Juno. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll rewatch Saved. I haven't seen it since I was younger. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's such a great movie. I think we honestly just, part of the reason we paired these was because we really just wanted to talk about both of these movies and it would have just been really hard to find a a movie to pair with. Well, no, I just mean like there are probably, like Saved is actually a really great choice and it's a great suggestion and I'm, I did not even think about it, but this was just honestly a great excuse to talk about these two. Really, yeah. Awesome. This was yeah, one where we like wanted streaming. to almost force it, uh, and they're streaming now, which worked, uh, or at least EZA was. Any other recommendations? No, I think you did a fantastic job covering some of those awesome. Thank you. I knew team. you love those. You need to watch Submarine though. I, I'm gonna pester you yeah. about it for years. Um, Do it next Do week. It. We are going to be doing Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Versus Whoa. National Treasure. Uh, it oh is my going god, to be I love huge, National Treasure. I can't Treasure. believe we never <laughs> thought about doing this until today. Uh, and I'm so excited. Uh, National Treasure is on Disney Plus and Raiders of the Lost Ark is on Netflix. Go watch those. As your number one fan, I am so excited for this episode. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, all right, so next. Uh, oh, you could also follow us on uh Instagram, Instagram.com slash facing off pod. Twitter, Twitter.com slash facing off pod. Just look up facing off and you can find us there. And you can send us emails and let us know how that Maisie Williams show is. Uh, and that's at facing off podcast at gmail.com or just text us if you know us. But we want new people that we don't know to listen to this show. So email us at facing off podcast at gmail.com. Do you guys have send offs? Terriers and iguanas and loose fitness equipment. (laughs) 
I don't have one. But what is that? <laughs> I don't know either, and I don't have one either. <laughs> that's the that's we're the, going to see the classified through. ads. That's where they find the baby. Uh-oh. Who reads classified oh. ads? Right next to oh the my god, that's so terriers good. and yeah. iguanas and loose fitness. Oh my god, when Bateman says, "You found us in the penny saver." Oh no, it was Jennifer uh, Garner yeah. that says, "Like you found us in the penny saver." She's like, "Oh, I love uh, the that's a Pilates machine." Like, oh, what do you make <laughs> do you, with it? Uh, like, you don't that? make anything. <laughs> it's a w- exercise. An exercise. She's so nice, but she's so like, fuck you for being poor. Uh, this episode's over. <laughs>